The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Do the roll call then? I can I can start and then I'll pass it on. So, Richard, I'm calling in from Ann Arbor. I'll pass it to Jamie. I am Jamie, and I'm also calling in from Ann Arbor. Pass it over to Jordan. And I'm Jordan. I'm also here in Ann Arbor. I'm Zachariah, also in Ann Arbor. Great. Kristen, should you, I see there's one or two attendees, like yes. one with like two names. So should we open it up to them? Yeah. So. Um, you see, we have a, an attendee in the waiting room. If you'd like to address the renters commission for up to three minutes, you can go ahead and raise your hand. Um, and then if you do raise your hand, we'll um, allow you to speak and then you'll be able to do that. So we'll give it just a minute. They might just be here to listen, watch. So. Okay, no hand raised, but there is another opportunity at the end of the meeting. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, okay, so I'd shared a few suggestions over email. Uh, I think it started off by suggesting that we could check in on our tasks from the last small meeting that we had. And we could also uh, think a bit more about a town hall, like a prospective town hall in the spring or summer. Uh, also, maybe there are some, there's some information around new ordinances that we actually have, but maybe with some review internally, we could, and by adding some missing information, we could publish them uh, in the near term, things like ELO and right to renew. I mean, we've prepared materials in other, for uh, on behalf of other groups, but maybe for the Renters Commission, they could be worded differently and things like that. So I wanted to also just ask what everyone thinks about that. Uh, and an additional thought I had, which isn't here, is that we have the meeting coming up. Uh, like our regular meeting will be attended by the rental housing services staff. So it might be nice for us to think about the information that we would want to have after that meeting that could eventually be shared with tenants. I know that uh, we have, we prepared like an, a list of issues and things like that at the last meeting. So I think it'll all tie in with the last one, but I did feel like it would, it might be a little challenging to synthesize whatever information we get from that meeting. And then, you know, like we might, we might miss, I, I don't think we get like all our answers, but if we get, if we are able to plug some information that we didn't earlier have, it would be nice. What do you all think of these uh, discussion topics? And if you'd like to add something else, maybe we can add that. Okay, so do you have access to this Google document that we have used in the past? I can share my screen if it helps, but if, if any of you don't have access, then maybe we should make sure you do. This just has notes from the last time and the proposed agenda that I talked about. Maybe plan for. 
housing services discussion. So at the last meeting, our action items were uh, so adding questions to that list. And I think, Kristen, you what did you think finally of what went to city staff? Do you think it was okay? Yeah, I thought that um, I was happy with the amount of questions and kind of the type of questions. I provided them to rental housing last week, along with a short list of, um, I can pull up what I said, along with a short list of information I thought that the group would benefit from hearing from rental housing about. Um, sort of. I, I also included a list of general questions slash topics. Um, what have been effective methods the city has found for communicating with landlords and property owners? Um, explanation of the inspection process, kind of the full, full cycle of it. Um, best way to access housing code violations, which I know this group has talked about a lot in the past, but they may have something else um, or they may have something in the works in the way of instructions or like we talked about like a screen sharing like demo video at this last meeting they may have something in the works for that now that they're completely switched over to stream mm -hmm. um, and then also I kind of I emphasized there was a I think it was your point Richa about um, short-term rentals mm -hmm. so I think kind of those along with um, the exact list that this group or the, the full group provided. Um, that's what was sent over to rental housing. And then if anything comes out of this meeting, I'm happy to send it over to them um, tomorrow or this evening. Kristen, do we know who's coming specifically from rental housing to that? Last I um, discussed with staff, it would be Leisha, Tolbert, okay. and yep. Derek um, okay. Delacorte. And Leisha is the, um, Derek is the manager of the community, community services area, which rental housing falls under. And then I believe that Leisha is the manager of rental housing. I don't know if it is building a rental housing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that will be good. I, I even just stream for myself. I mean, the old system was cumbersome, but stream is like, it seems like there's not stuff on there. Like I was just looking up some stuff today and the information's incomplete. And I don't know, I don't know if that's temporary, if that's intentional, like, I don't know, it just seems very, very different. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a little bit more of an explanation on, on my side too, because it's been a bit of a struggle. Yeah, my understanding is that it's been a long, um, it's been a long, changeover process from when stream was first Im implemented so yeah okay thank you Kristen uh, another thing that we had discussed was emailing Gail about common issues I had a thought but I'm happy to open it up to others if if there was any movement on that like contacting Gail I believe that was my responsibility. I think I had mentioned it to her because we did meet 
but I uh, we ran out of time in that meeting to fully discuss it. So uh, my bad. I have to <laughs> check in with her again and get more uh, figure out what what she her official response is to that. So sorry about that. I'll I'll get that done. My thought was also that like, do you think we could do that at our regular meeting? Like I know Gail also like you're busy. Gail also has a lot going on. So at our regular meeting, if we showed something or if we took our list of common issues that we compiled last time and just passed that over to her like if we can update it today maybe that's a good way so she knows we've tried to make some progress and she can give feedback so just to clarify um we're going to be giving our list over to her and then we want her to share at our general meeting i was wondering what's an efficient or like yeah what's a good way to show her that we have started to think about this and if she wants to add some information or like give us feedback either we do it asynchronously or email or we just do it at the regular meeting when we do our updates what do you think is the most efficient way to get her thoughts i feel like some meetings are sometimes easier and asynchronous can just get like, tricky so my thought is to send her what we have or what we end up with by the end of this meeting and then be like, hey, we can check in at our regular meeting to take a look in advance if you want, but totally optional kind of thing. This is my thought. So need to contact Gail, which is fine. Basically, I, don't, I think it's fine to not have contacted her also. Yeah. So far, it's still kind of early. Uh, another thing... Richa, I um sorry, I just have something before we move on. Where is the list? I'm looking for the list of the uh, I remember writing these things down somewhere, but I don't remember where that list was of oh no, I don't I don't see that. I'm looking through the notes document right now because I, I I'm fine with just quickly drafting an email. Um here yeah. are some things that we had brain. Okay, those are them. I see yeah okay thanks uh i'm fine draft uh sending her an email right now um and um seeing if she wants to i guess it would be helpful for every for everyone to hear if she's uh, i would just ask her to share out during her report back at the next meeting right mm. okay all right well yeah i um then i i'm happy to send an email if that's all right with everybody okay Great, I'll get that done. Okay, um, can you see, what can you see now? Can you see this working document? So I moved some of the key topics that we had come up with to the working document, just as a rough, like as a space to dump some information. I think this was the list. Okay. So yeah, this is exactly the whatever 10-ish things that we had come up with when we brainstormed. And yeah, I just wanted to show you all what I found so far and what you think of, you know, do you feel like these existing resources are good to go or do they need more work? I feel like they might need a little more work because they're all, you know, in like long documents. Or if we just tell people the page numbers, whatever. So for example, 
for non-response to maintenance requests, there is a this. I think we all must have seen this at some point. Can you see the PDF now? It's the practical guide for tenants and landlords. So there's something on page twenty. I think about twenty-four or something like that. Hold on. Oops. I mean, one thing that makes sense to me is to to pull some of this out. And I don't know, I mean, it, it is a lot of work. So I guess one of us has to be kind of willing to, to do the work to make it a little bit more usable. But searching through documents when you're in a frustrating situation just seems less than ideal. Um, I have a pretty busy next couple of weeks, but I think once I get to April, I have a little bit of a, a thinning in my volunteer workload. So I could kind of try to pull some things out. But I think the other things too, like coming from the landlord side, I think a lot of times what these practical references are missing is like, what is best practice from the tenant side too, right? Like, what is the way to contact your landlord? And what do you do if you you haven't gotten this? And so I, I feel like a lot of times that these kind of resources, and I, I think I know what pages you're talking about here, um, Richa too, that... Mm. I don't know, just kind of giving tenants some guidance on, you know, if then, like if you've done this step, this would be a good next step is, is kind of a more practical and helpful guide. So I guess when I read these, that's what I hope for. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I know we're all, we all are sensitive to how much that we all have on our plates right now with all the different activism spaces that we're in. So, but just kind of my two cents on that. Thank you, it makes sense to me. What do others think uh, about this? So what's in here is that, so this handbook has some steps to take, uh, but I think Jordan is right. You would have to like go into this and like find the right location. And sometimes it's just a lot of text, but it says things like, you know, notify the landlord, um, contact the building inspector, if they don't make repairs, withhold the rent or deposit it or pay. So this like repair and deduct thing is also not something that like there's some disclaimers that I've seen everywhere. Like, you know, you have go talk to a lawyer, for instance, before you do a repair and deduct, because that can be complicated. Like there, I've seen that in like other states resources, but it seems to me that the steps are like pretty much this, what my question would for rental housing services would be is what the timeline is like. Like, what do you mean by reasonable time for repair? Like in, I, I'll, and I'll pass it on to Jamie in a couple of sec, 30 seconds, but there's some, I think I saw it was, a, it was maybe Vermont or something where it said, you know, notify the landlord and like give them two weeks or this certain amount of like, there's a set amount of time that you should give before you escalate or whatever. And I don't think that's very clear to me or Anna or yeah, Jamie. Yeah, um, I, Jordan, I like what you were saying. Um, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was like, I love like a good infographic, like, okay, here's my problem, follow the arrow, what do I do? Um, and, this is related to, so I started reviewing the tenant rights pamphlet and I realized I signed up for that. Yes. And I wasn't 
I started reviewing it and I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what my objective of reviewing this was. I signed up for it without um, exactly knowing. But now that I'm looking back through um, like the list of topics, I think I could plug some pieces. Would that make sense for me to like plug pieces from the rights and duties handbook into these separate segments, do you think? Like getting out of your lease. I don't think that's exactly in the rights and tenants book, but um, there is some information about withholding rent. So I could kind of tie that in, if that makes sense. Um, and then did I, I guess, is there anything additional? Like was the goal, is the goal to like um, propose a change to the rights and duties handbook or am I missing another piece to that? Or is it just to kind of pull out the more, um, like the most useful information? I have a response, but I'll pass it on to Zach Jordan. Okay. <laughs> so Richard, I think if you have a direct response, you can go ahead and perform me anyway. Okay. Yeah, Jamie, thank you. I had similar, like when I was looking through the housing code, even what I found helpful, and I don't, I don't think this is necessarily the right thing, but I had highlighted some sections that felt like, oh, I didn't know this before. And maybe yeah. this is for you all to review at a later stage. So, okay. so that was one thing. Uh, I did feel like a lot of the information was in different uh, ordinances. Mm -hmm. And my feeling was that they might be combined later. And okay. I actually found that when I did a Google search, Gail had apparently already done something like that for like weatherization as an example. So I think okay. I found it helpful to highlight and then check if something already exists mm -hmm. and then put a link in the master document. That's okay. Good for me. And also just copy pasting some stuff into the master document. Okay. So that we can like review each other's stuff. I'm sure it's okay. a lot for one person. So yeah, happy to also review what you find interesting and then okay i'll pass it to zach cool. oh yeah i can't i can't remember what i originally put my hand up but on this note of the the booklet um kristen do you know if um the housing rental services are they responsible for getting these printed in the office the clerk's office is responsible for printing them um okay. And I just sent over the PDF of it to rental housing to put on their website today. So hopefully that will be up on rental housing's website really soon. Um, yep, so clerk's office prints them. They cost about a dollar or more sometimes to print. So um, I think it says in the booklet that, that they should be printed once a year, which is typical. So we've recently had one of our front office staff let me know that we're down to about a thousand left which means that in the past couple of months, about a thousand have been picked up, which is pretty cool, so. Yeah, that would be an interesting metric to track how that. Um, yeah, so she asked me like, is something going on with the renters commission? They've been like, people have been calling because we um, asked that landlords, like if you want to pick up like hundreds of them, let us know so we can bundle them and like pull them out of various closets where they're stored. We've had several calls. Um, from landlords. Okay, so interesting. It's working uh, when you hold it up. So, yeah, right. Um, I think we've generally thought that these should be distributed in some form, and it's good good to hear that that's occurring. Um, 
and I had a quick question about this. And you, you might, I guess I should direct this maybe to the clerk's office, but um, I, I noticed that actually a section was updated from this version compared to like the, uh, the previous version that I owned. So I'm wondering what kind of, is there, are there like instructions that ju it just 8.5.30 needs to be in there, whatever the most recent version of 8.5.30 is, for example. So that's why they were able to update it or like, are there, is there a set of instructions that they have for like what to include? And if so, I, I'm very curious to, to, to see what those are. Are you asking, um, like when should, like when, what are the rules for when the clerk's office is supposed to update and publish it? Uh, I guess, how can they update it? Um, oh, there's the um, whole rules. So yeah. there, I'm not aware of any rules. I think that um, the charter says that it should be updated annually and that the city should print them annually. In the past, if there have been no changes, I believe they haven't been printed annually, um, but that's just as because there have been many in stock. Um, it wasn't reprinted between ELO and right to renew because we had so many um, and they're they're expensive to print um, for the clerk's office. So they tr we try to keep them up. Um, though any that are picked up now or um, requested by mail or we keep them in the um, the south vestibule downstairs also so somebody can just like pick one up. All of those ones have an insert with right to renew, but they don't have it included the way I think your SAC has um, ELO just printed right in it. So oh, okay. gotcha. the next round will include it. Oh, really? Time. Okay. So. I think I was confused about that because I knew that there was a specific process for gotcha. creating this committee, right? For the oh yeah, so that so that that's like a little bit of a separate thing. I believe that the right to renew and ELO like updates to 105 would be in the city section that can be updated at any time. Oh. Um, but for the tenant advocate and the landlord advocate, those are the ones that have um, a little bit trickier updating processes. We're in the process now of tracking down the most recently appointed members for the tenant advocate section okay. because the interpretation right now is that they either resign or if they um, like if they die or resign is how they're no longer on that group. Um, so we're kind of tracking down to see if people are local, if they'd like to resign. Um, Hopefully they're still alive. Yeah, right. So um, it's kind of permanent uh, right now. So we're looking at kind of tracking them down and then looking at if there's a, attorney's office looking at to see okay. if people can be reappointed. And what the thank timeline you. for that would be. So yeah, thank you. And I, I guess I misunderstood the part about the city being able to update their section. That's really great to know. I, I don't know if I I must have just misunderstood that. So Sorry about you. that. The city section can be updated at any time. Um so that's great. To include. So it, these types of um it would have to be approved, but like these types of changes that you're talking about um may be like a fast, like it may be faster if um if it was approved for the city to include this information in the city section, that would be a way to get it out immediately. Um, but it would have to be like uh, have to be approved. Thanks, Kristen. That's interesting to hear. I mean, that might be one kind of workaround to get information out as if we can get city support. Um, so that's good to know. I guess two thoughts. Um, I think my frustration as a landlord has always been 
you know, I'm involved, I hear these things, but the city would never, I have registered rental properties. Why am I not receiving an email that the tenants rights and duties booklet has been updated? Like there's zero communication to landlords from the city. And I mean, zero, like even when right to new renew is instituted, none of that is communicated to landlords who aren't involved. Um, and so, and when we have this situation where we have a lot of property owners that like live in New York and sometimes even manage from New York, um, you know, we're just, there's not a lot of ways to even let landlords know about these kind of things. So I think one thing that we could talk about with rental housing and kind of a separate issue is how are landlords getting updated and why not? We have all the emails in a database because we do inspections. We have all the properties registered. So why can't an email go out to every registered property owner with a CEO that says this has been updated, come get your new copies or come get your insert or whatever the situation is. So I guess that's one thing that, you know, on the other side, when you say, why aren't landlords handing these out? Um, I guess my other question would be, it would be interesting to see year to year because this is leasing season. So I would normally expect that there are thousands picked up all at once, but maybe that's, um, so that's kind of interesting to, to hear and would be interesting to compare over years. And then the last thing too, I think there's a lot of nuance in this process of going back to like what should be repaired when, right? Um, you know, there's non-urgent issues that don't affect your ability to live in an apartment. And so how do you help like for example, we had a situation this weekend where a tree limb was on a wire on a car. Didn't hurt the car, but you know, there's there's nothing in that situation that I'm going to send my maintenance person out to do. And so some of it too is kind of setting expectations for the pieces that have to fall into line. Um, and how do we get kind of tenants to sort through like, you know, these are urgent concerns that that you should expect resolution to on a weekend, for example, if you can't live, you know, those kind of things I think are tricky and something that, um, you know, if a, a unit, for example, emails us about a toilet on a Friday at 6pm and they have three other toilets in the house, two other toilets in the house, like that's not going to be something that at 6pm on a Friday, we're going to necessarily pay overtime to send an urgent you know, maintenance staff out to. So I think kind of as we're looking at those things, helping to have, um, you know, realistic expectations and how do we build those and how do we, I like your idea of a flow chart, Jamie, because this is kind of a like this, these are urgent situations that you should expect. So I think filling out, you know, the two week timeline for, um, you know, there's a, a, my window isn't locking or, you know, these, these safety things, you know, are higher urgency. So how do you help tenants to determine some of the urgency level of concern, I think is a really helpful thing for us to keep in mind as we're working together to build this from both a tenant and um, landlord perspective too. Thanks, Jordan. Do you think these, uh, I wonder, or maybe I've read and I haven't bookmarked, but in some states or cities, that's actually, mentioned a little more clearly and maybe our ordinances just don't have that like distinguishing between or is there just some understanding typically that this constitutes like urgent and so on but I think that's that makes a lot of sense to be able to demarcate uh, I have a feeling it might be in the pdf but something to double check right and even just like a quick resource guy I mean for example I had a parent message me this weekend that their son's roof is caving in because of all the snow that is an emergency that could happen at anybody's houses it could also happen because of neglect but like what then what are their options as a tenant and what is the landlord's responsibility to cover like just something that kind of helps um fill that gap and knowledge just seems so missing and you're right I've seen them other places but it's 
and, and I know Gail has some, so it, it does feel important to like put Gail into this conversation so that we're not doing double work. Um, but yeah, how do we help people kind of, you know, I, I'm a nurse by background. So I think about triage, how do we, how do we help people do a little triaging on their own as far as, um, you know, what to do and how to contact and what to expect in terms of return. Okay, so just on the Jamie, is your do you have a new point? Yeah, I just wanted to add. Um, so in starting to review the rights and tenants handbook, like I think it's it's really great. There's a lot of information in there. I did a lot of highlighting because I was like, I had no idea about any of this. Um, my one like I guess critique of it is it's. I think it's somewhat reader friendly, but it still to me is kind of high level. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about it in terms of like, would this still be helpful if somebody, you know, in a different circumstance was trying to read and interpret it? And, you know, if that were the case, like, where would they go? Um, and I mean, there are some suggestions in there, like, um, like if you have a legal issue, you know, go to the Southeast, whatever. Um, but then I was kind of thinking about like, and not to assume that these organizations don't already know that this book exists, um, but like um, agencies that work with clients that maybe would have potentially a harder time interpreting some of these things. Um, I was thinking, um, if it would be possible to like reach out to even like the Shelter Association of Washtenaw County and just, you know, because I, I come from a social work background and they have a lot going on. So like they're really good with resources, but they're not always up on, you know, the most pressing things that could be really helpful um, to them and clients. Um, so I don't know if that's something that we would have the ability to do in terms of like connecting with different organizations and just say like, you probably already know this exists, but here it is um, in case you have a client with a rental issue. Um, that was just kind of one thing I thought about of kind of helping people get more plugged into it um, since it's only as good as the people that know about it kind of thing. I had a, I, I also think that when I looked at infographics and other guides online, it seems like a lot of them are coming from lawyers, like they could be legal agencies or I don't know, for-profit, non-profit or like government or private, whatever. So it does make sense. It's also possible that some might just have resources locked away somewhere. And if we could just link them, more people could read. But in general, I think it's a good idea to do some outreach to legal services. I, I think, Jamie, if I understood correctly, you were saying that it's possible that their resources might be out of outdated. So if we could add some value by passing on updated information, is that? Yeah, and I don't even know if I would say outdated. I'm just thinking like, so before I moved, I worked um, at a homeless shelter and like they worked, um, you know, with families, getting them into housing. And then they had like programs where once a family had a rental unit, they would still have like case management services. 
And I was just thinking like in terms of some of those clients, like if they were, and that was very common, like they would have a tenant issue that would come up. Um, and like, that was not in Ann Arbor, but I'm thinking like something like the rights and duties handbook would be really helpful um, from like a case manager's perspective. And also thinking about, um, I don't know if there's like a disability advocates organization in Ann Arbor, Washington County, I'm assuming so. Um, but just kind of plugging into those networks um, to make sure that they're aware that this book exists. And, you know, if you have a client that's having a tenant issue, you know, obviously if it rises to the level of needing legal involvement, then by all means, you know, pass them that way. But if it's something simple where we could, you know, go through this book booklet together, um, that was kind of my thinking with that. Awesome. So, okay, so basically getting the booklet out to various groups that might be in touch with tenants already. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, okay. So to address the part where you say that it could be easier to follow, um, very quickly, I wanted to share some infographics that I had come seen elsewhere and to see what, so some of them are like very bare bones. Uh, oh, this is another one, but there's like, it's, this is just an example. I'm not saying we should do one on withholding rent, but there's like a little bit of text, some whatever attractive icons or logos and things like that. And uh, yeah, it seems to be again legal services, but I think this is this is doable and it might have to be reviewed by someone else to make sure it's factually correct. But is this were you also visualizing something like this? Zach? And I think I don't want to speak for Jamie or Jordan, but I think since there are different paths of action that you might have to take, I think that the flow chart might kind of go this way right like kind of go to different paths but I'm, I'm not positive what exactly you all were envisioning okay so it might be more complex than what we're seeing here but something something like this it's a little easier to follow okay I also think I don't know what you all think but Zach the way we're thinking that you could send a list to Gail we could potentially send this, a similar list to other organizations being like, hey, we're in the, on the Renters Commission. We're trying to compile information. Here are some issues we've identified. Do, would you happen to have some, so like um, more people like Gail who might be able to, and we can, like, I'm happy to also identify some, and like maybe legal services of South Central Michigan, et cetera. We could, we could potentially do that. Again, so we don't, duplicate efforts you can put that as a thing to do so contact gail also contact other legal services if it's possible i don't know what to what else or do you have any suggestions around what we can do with this list next so i found some guides or the other and where I think for most of them they're not infographics so I 
maybe next month we revisit and figure out how to convert them into infographics and just like for now uh see what say gail has to say about the list yeah what if we invited gail like specific if we don't want to do this at the general meeting because i do think it is kind of time consuming and specific maybe the idea is that we invite gail to our next education committee meeting specifically to go through and she can kind of go over here is what i have sorry i've got a screaming child in the background but here's what i have here's a resource that i point tenants to um when they need that that's outside of that you know that's what I think I think that would be helpful, and then we can start saying, you know, this we just need to tweak and make our own and put into a different grant. But this we're writing from scratch. Like then we can start to kind of assign them amongst us and make some more usable things. Yeah, I think that sounds good. So potentially inviting Gail also to a working group meeting. Okay, I'll write that down. Another uh, agenda item or a to-do we had from last time was creating a form that tenants can, where tenants can quickly indicate if they received the rights and duties handbook or not. Uh, how do we wanna proceed with that? So we're not gonna do a complaint form in that format, but we did add to the website, um, on the uh, web page about the booklet. Um, if you have concerns that our landlord is not complying with the requirement to provide the booklet, please contact the city clerk's office. And then we included the renters commission email, um, which isn't quite the same, like if you're looking at it from a data collection perspective, um, but if that is something the renters commission is like very interested in, I can bring it up again. But it would address getting it to people and then Zach. Yeah, I think that um, building off of what Jordan said earlier, um, I wonder if we, I mean, if we come to an, an understanding, if we discuss with rental housing services about what, I mean, because there is a potential punishment, but I know that generally the city gives a warning before they issue any fines. And, and that's, that's fine. Um, but um, I wonder if we can, you know, before any enforcement policies are put in place, we can just, in, just email all the landlords and tell them what's going to happen going forward. Tell them, like, tell them you, we want you to be handing these out. Otherwise, we're going to give you a warning and then we're going to give you a fine. And I do want to, I mean, I guess we'll discuss with rental housing services about fines and whether or not when the last time one of these fines was issued for this. Um, but I think I'm I'm personally interested in both the data collection aspect, but also making sure that uh, landlords are being warned at the very least if they're not uh, handing them out. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Kristen, what uh, which website is that on? Is that on the rental housing services it's, website? It's on the renters commission, the a2gov.org/slash renters commission, and then um, on the rights and duties of tenant booklet. Gotcha. And I just, I had, um, oh, perfect, it's just update. I just had a typo, I just updated it. Um, so we added that. With that, we'd also be able to direct if a tenant wanted to file a complaint with rental housing services, we'd be able to provide them with the, like with Janet to be able to do that. Um, and then we'd also like, I'd be able to, like I would save the email um, and then we would be able to 
have the information on um, what apartment or house or if the person was willing to share. Okay, thank you. That, that makes sense. So they email first and then they're providing information for how for to contact Janet if they want to. Yeah, first we would, we probably, since we haven't received any, um, I most likely would say, I can mail you one or you can pick one up or here's the PDF um, just so you have it and then provide them with the information for rental housing if they'd like to file a complaint. Okay, that's good to know to direct people in the future if that ever comes up. Thanks. Another point, okay, so Lucy had said she would create a table of common issues. She said she didn't get a chance to do that. Right now, it's like a list in the master document and it's also in our notes. I can move it up again so that we just have it easy to find. Do you all think they could, given recent unfortunate events with um, you know, storms and everything. Do you feel like, have you received some questions maybe from tenants that you think you could add to this list specifically around these kinds of situations? Zach? Uh, well, I've talked to two tenants who are concerned about wiring on the outside of their buildings. And I'm... Yeah, I guess that, I'm not sure if that's technically utility or building management, but anyway, that, that's something that's come up a couple times. Zach, how do you think you would summarize that? So tenants are interested in knowing about just exteriors, like so yeah. safety, especially wiring when there's like rain and storm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Jamie? Yeah, I had a similar issue. I was um, dog sitting for someone else last week and she had a power line that was attached to her rental house that I was staying at that snapped off the house. And I had never experienced that before. And the line was just like laying on a fence, you know, so I'm Googling. I'm like, what do you do? Do you, and according to Google, they were like, call 911. I'm like, call 911. <laughs> I told them to seem right. Um, so yeah, I think like, and maybe that's just me. I don't know if that's like a common, you know, confusion for people, but just generally speaking, like, I think safety around power lines would be helpful. Like, um, because yeah, the issue kind of got bumped to the next day and then the landlord ended up coming over and he was like, this is an emergency. And I was like, I didn't know that. So um yeah I just imagine issues are related to um power lines seem pretty significant and dangerous yeah I'll I'll back that up too we actually had a tenant send us a picture of them holding a wire in their hand um and a lot of uh, one thing I will say Zachary about a lot of wiring on houses on the outside a lot of times there are like old phone lines that mean nothing which thankfully was the case in this situation um but I do think that the these recent events have highlighted that a good safety briefing on 
who you call with what. I mean, the other safety thing that kind of comes to mind too is like, what do you do when you smell gas? Um, that's a very common situation, you know, in any residential situation, kind of what is the, what is the process for um, smelling gas is something if we're kind of making like a safety based um, handout, but yeah, the recent, the recent thing did highlight, like, it would be nice to let people know, you know, yeah, calling 911 in an emergency like that, where there's, you know, hundreds of power lines down across the city isn't going to do anything for you, but what are the, you know, and, and honestly, even before the two weeks ago, we might not have known how to write that document now, right? Now, now I think we, we kind of have a bit more information, sadly, about the process and things that renters might need. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, I've just been thinking because we got questions about tenants having to spend out of pocket on temporary housing, food, like food is going bad and things like that. And I don't know much like what somewhere or other renters insurance might cover a situation of like this food spoilage, but I don't think, but unless there's like a pipe burst or something in the house, like visible damage to the to, to housing because of the weather event, they may not cover much. So like who can tenants go to? There were some of those questions also. And I know like FEMA, the insurance, the whatever disaster management people may not also cover this. It, does, it might have to be declared as a disaster to even count. So I, I was lost on that. Uh, and I didn't know what to tell a tenant or two. Or, I know even homeowners face that issue though. So it seems like it cuts across. It's not just a tenant issue. I don't know. I, I can, I'll just add it here because it's come up and I didn't know how to answer, but I don't know if we can also immediately find answers. So like power outage related like costs was my thing. Okay, so I just added three more things to our original list. Um, I know we have, so as next steps, uh, we discussed Gail coming to a working group meeting would be nice. Uh, and some bigger themes, I think Jordan, you mentioned, like, is it like safety or security? I don't like some. Yeah, I mean, I think all of these, like, my ideal, I think, from a usability standpoint is that, like, the Renters Commission website has a safety, apartment repairs, power outage, I smell gas, like, all of these kind of things that there could even be just, you know, that somebody clicks on a link, and it has, so I think some of it is kind of stratifying out what are those common things, um, you know, and things like security about, you know, locking locking doors and things or you know I plan to be got common thing with students that I've and, and a lot of this is I mean once we kind of come up with a list I can kind of look through I write a lot of this up for my parent groups so I mean I've got a you're leaving for spring break what steps should you take you know I've got those kind of documents written up so I mean I think some of that is just figuring out our themes and then once we've talked to Gail with what resources she wants to put into the pot I can kind of look at mine, we can we can combine um, and figure out what holes we have. And so maybe that's kind of a Gale and me after that next meeting. But I do think that meeting with Renters Housing Commission to see if that highlights, or the um, Housing Commission to see if that highlights any um, 
you know, needs or, or holes that we have is helpful. So if we, we look at it next meeting after that, I think that seems like a really good next step and maybe invite Gail to that one. Zach, did you have something to add? No. You know, we're like, it's 6.52, so almost at the hour. Uh, I can, I think the publishing new materials question can wait. Basically, we, we do have a right to renew flyer somewhere, but we had given another organization as the point of contact. My question, was like for now, even while we're figuring out right to renew enforcement, would you say renters commission email is the right email if a tenant finds that they have a question? Do you think it should be like Janet? Uh, what's a good email? Um, they can definitely email to renters commission. And then if it's information that I'm able to provide or a question that I'm able to answer, I would do that. And then if it is something that needs a little bit more rental housing interpretation I would send it over to Jana um, which has happened a couple of times just with kind of right after right to renew came out just some questions um, so and I think if you have a flyer or infographic about it to put on the website that would help a lot I think um, we've had two phone calls about it that I think of that would have been helpful for and then just for the public. I can update what we already have and send it over to you all to review. Absolutely. So, because I know that the Human Rights Commissioner or city staff worked on the one for fair chance in housing and there's the Human Rights Commission's email is at the bottom. So I think that's one thing we're missing. And if we can put renters commission there, we might be good to go. So I can aim to show, like just send it over by the next meeting, uh, by the next regular meeting, like over email, and then we can check in. What, however, uh, I had a question around a town hall. Do you think we should? Uh, can we spend the next remaining like five? I <laughs> think very little time, but things like what do you think might be a good like, date to work towards, like to begin with, and then we can keep like revisit date and venue i think it's somewhere to start zap i think that um you know I'm, I'm guessing we're going to be holding multiple of these i think it would be good to hold a couple really small ones very low stress at the library maybe that seems like it's a good place that's sometimes utilized by different parts of the city uh for group for group meetings and um maybe maybe quickly make a flyer put it around a couple um, um, complexes, especially ones with demographics that we really need want to hear from. Uh, if we want to make sure that we're not just getting students, maybe go to some of the larger complexes that have non-student um, um, tenants. But I don't think, I, I personally feel like we should just keep track of what how we're doing our outreach and who's showing up and just do it in piecemeal, small, small events, at least to begin with. So we're not going crazy. But um, that being said, I think sometime in early April would be a reasonable goal. That's what I feel. I know that we pushed a lot of it off because of fears of, uh, you know, concerns about COVID and also because of the winter. And we wanted to, do, because of COVID, we wanted to do an outdoor event. And because it was getting cold, we had to push it off to the spring. Anyway. 
I think sometime in early April would be good. Interesting. Um, smaller event, I think, sounds great. I think that um, at a smaller event, it would make sense also to have fewer than a voting quorum there. And then that that's kind of what allows you to hold um, an indoor, like not official renters commission meeting. Um, so as long as there are not, there's not a quorum of voting members attending, kind of like the green fair, um, then that should be fine. I think the library is a good location that's very accessible for residents. Um, I can revisit the kind of larger official meeting with staff again. I think that, um, I think it's possible. I think there might have to be a, there may have to be a little bit of um, concession with this group, like with streaming it online may not be possible because we are not able to have a venue where that would be accessible. Um, so that's something I'll revisit with staff to do a larger meeting. And then I think that smaller meeting um, with less than a quorum um, at a public place is fine. Um, I'll double check, but I don't see an issue with the. Oh, next, were you thinking evening for those or daytime? These meetings are all evenings. I just was curious what your. It might be kind of nice to offer a variation like a Saturday morning or something for um, folks who are, you know, I, th I always think about the nurses that are working seven to seven and aren't available by evening. Um, and I think the other thing that if we are talking about like renters outreach that I just want to keep us to keep in mind is the community centers are often where there's a lot of rental problems and um, people don't have an avenue to speak out and don't know how to or like organizing is just something that isn't really um, something that they have familiarity with. So if we are thinking about like a small outreach plan, I would like to um, make sure that we consider at least maybe one or two because um, that may be something to think about or even offer them to the community the community center people who run them um, I work with them in other facets and they generally have a good pulse on like whether or not it's something that might be needed for their community so I just want to bring that up again that we're making sure because those are some of the most vulnerable and marginalized folks in our community um, but yeah, I, I like to see a variety of times if we're saying we're going to hold four of these different sessions or five of these different smaller sessions, I would like to see a variety of times and days. Kristen? Oh, um, and Jordan, so that those community centers, can you give a couple examples? Yeah, so um, there's Arrowwood, High Cone, um, my brain is Friday and I haven't had dinner yet, so I apologize, but Arrowwood, High Cone, uh, Bryant, and I, I work with all of those folks. I'd be happy to like just reach out and say, hey, Renters Commission is thinking about holding some of these town halls to help renters know um, about issues. Do you think that's something that your community might benefit from? Um, and if so, you know, they'll usually have an indoor space that we can use that's, um, you know, good size for 20 people or something, if that many folks showed up. Um, so I think that's just kind of something to think about. And I'm happy, like once we once we kind of make an outreach plan, I'm happy to reach out to the contacts that I have there and just say, is this something that you think would be helpful um, or interested, uh, interesting to your community? And and now that I'm thinking about the, the realistic time, 
I, you know, we, we would have to meet once or twice before um, that event, of course. So um, how do we want to go about that? Richard, do you have any ideas for how we should go forward? Um, should we push it off a little bit further? Should we try to have, uh, is, is it just going to be the tenant ed committee organizing it? I'm fine with that. Um, um, I guess one thing that comes up about pushing it off further is we're going to lose students soon. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and so, you know, maybe it makes sense to just um, come up with a couple of dates and offer them and make one flyer that advertises like I, I, if we're if we're going for early April, when is our next meeting is as education committee going to be? We don't have one scheduled right now, but you've met, um, I think, the first Tuesday of this month and last month. If you wanted to move to do the first Tuesday of April, that is April 4. Um, the second Tuesday of April is April 11th, and then your regular meeting in April is on the 20th. So that is pushing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I hate to keep pushing things off, but if we want student, which maybe we have a lot of student input. I mean, we have the the CSG survey, like maybe we don't need to be thinking about students. So maybe, you know, early April or early May is fine for the rest of the community. Um, but I'm I'm open the second Tuesday in April works better for me, but I do agree. I think we need to come up with a little bit of an outreach plan and kind of, you know, some gentle structure questions like, you know, what issues are you facing with your landlord? What, you know, what would you like to learn more about those kind of things? Um, just to give some structure to, to the meetings. But I think I don't think that they're super hard. I mean, we just need to find a room space, make a flyer and come up with some structure questions, which is, you know, maybe 30, 45 minute discussion. Um, so maybe next meeting, but then what are we, are we, are we, uh, overloading our next meeting topics is the question there, I think. My next question was gonna be what Jordan just mentioned was kind of structured meeting topics. And I think that since we are on such a close timeline with the student cycle in Ann Arbor, it may be helpful to collect some of that information electronically if you wanted to offer like a, do kind of like a, side campaign of emailing the renters commission email answers to these questions or like a google form type format i think those are an option too um, for folks who can't make it um that's a good idea finals coming up stuff like that what about tabling events too like i think you had at something said something about mirrors green fair but like what about um I don't know if there's any opportunities for outreach at Ann Arbor Summer Festival or, you know, just kind of thinking about other opportunities for outreach outside of, um, you know, kind of two parts to the outreach plan. There'll be another green fair coming up. Um, it's in the summer, so it will be. I, I think it's usually the Friday before top of the park starts, right? Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, like June. That June sounds day, right. Something like that. Yeah, so that's another um, something kind of to include in this planning process. Um, okay. So for regarding dates, I think Zach, you were asking, you were right, like we, we would want to keep communicating, uh, whether it's a standing meeting or another way, uh, it will need like at least a couple more conversations. Uh, 
for students, it seems like there is some information out there thanks to student legal services. So my feeling is that holding a meeting with students, like we might already have materials. So I'm not opposed, but I feel like the same materials are not like the equivalent is not necessarily available for non-students, especially like who to call if you have questions. Um, but if we can, I think Gail and Nick had compiled a table and if that information is good to go, then that's great. Uh, I, um, I like the idea of like a, like a Saturday weekend type slot. I know some organizations do that, uh, but it's, I don't know how to get the word out to people about like to get them to the thing. Uh, Jordan, you have a yeah, I just I was just gonna say we could also push a student town hall back onto the university. Um, Mark Simmons and Gail and I had talked about that, but we had kind of tabled it, waiting to hear what you guys were doing. Um, you know, there there are certain obviously power dynamics with that situation, but I do think that they're open to working with us from renters commission and that we could we could put that back on them, but the turnaround would probably be fall, I would imagine, if we're asking that of the university. Yeah. And to add on to that, there was going to be a student town hall organized by CSG, but I honestly think that they got overloaded with work. And there were only a two students who were taking who were the point people for that. And it seemed like they were just way too busy. So they they postponed it officially, but I don't know of any plans to actually hold it, unfortunately. Um, but you know, that's life. So I'd like to hold at least one of the town halls in April personally. Um I'm wondering if, Richard, I know you're very busy. Go ahead. Like after Easter, I don't know. I just opened the calendar and saw that Easter is on April 9th. I'm guessing there's some, do people get time off for that? Maybe after. I think one thing would be run it starting to run into finals for, I mean, granted we're not centering students, but um, the week of, of April 9th or 10th, that also avoids like spring break for other community members um, that have younger kids in school. So the week of April 10th might be doable. <clears throat> we could maybe just block off. I mean, there's two ways to go about doing this, right? We could just find a library room and block it off for that week, pick a day, just do it, mm -hmm. come up with a flyer and flesh out the what are we going to, you know, how are we going to structure it at our meeting on the 4th if we held it, or maybe we meet a week early on the 28th, whatever. Um, but I mean, I don't think that we, we have to think about it a lot. Like, let's not put too much work into it. Let's not overburden ourselves with work when it's as simple as like picking a day, making it, making a flyer, sharing mm -hmm. the flyer around. Um, I don't know. What do folks think about just picking a day? Hmm. How about like April 5th? I'm thinking weekend. I feel like evening, unless there's food, it gets difficult. So if it's a weekend, like 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. or like 4 to 6, something like that. Um, with some like snacks to hand out. Like, I think that's allowed at the library, just like something packaged or like cookies and things. So April 15th or April 22nd, 22nd is Earth Day apparently, like that's an issue. Yeah, I think I'd rather not do it on Earth Day personally. 
I think the 15th sounds good. It's springy enough to get people out and moving places. Um, I could take on in the next week or two, making up a, a little flyer for it. Um, if we want to go with April 15th, who would like to look into booking the library space or Kristen is that like, I guess I don't understand how using city spaces when we're on a city, like how does that work? Is there anything different or special that we need to consider? Um, look, thinking, so is this, um, sorry, like student focused or community wide focused? And I, I was curious if you were thinking uh, U of M library versus like the downtown public library. And if we may be able to get the fee wave at the public library, depending on if there is something available. Um, but I, I was just thinking the downtown library personally gotcha. same um, and thinking community I'll I will do some outreach on the on, at the university um, and I think that having a uh, what is it uh, legal services of South Central Michigan invited as the Ipsy Tenants Union did at one of their recent town hall events I think that, that would be great um, I think, Richa, I don't know if we've talked with anybody from the Ipsy Tenants Union about how that event went. I can quickly add that they are, they wanted to know from me and I never went follow, like responded. They want to know who we're targeting because they feel like students already have support from student legal services and they're specifically interested in like low income, uh, non-student tenants. So that's one thing. And I guess Ipsy Tenant Union was able to guarantee that, yes, that is the group. So if we can confirm that, yes, that's what we're targeting, then they might be open to it. I can, I can report, like, report back and ask if we have a date in mind, if they're free on April 15th, noon, or whatever time, and ask if they can come and say, we're definitely trying to get community members. That might be the good next step then before we're even doing room or flyer or anything that that does make sense to me to just kind of put that ask out to them um i think the downtown library is fairly accessible um generally speaking south side is is better to reach lower income families so in the future i think looking for a space that is um <clears throat> i don't know the Mallet's Creek kind of comes to mind as an option um but i think this is a good first start and we kind of see how it goes um, so what do we agree on next steps being like, Richard, you could reach out to legal services and then you can let me know and we can have Kristen look into booking a downtown room on that day. And then I'll make a flyer as soon as I hear those two answers. Does that sound like a good next steps? Yes. Yes. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. I know we're. It's past seven and I did have to go to another non-urgent meeting. Uh, is there something big that we're missing? So I know that we talked a lot, like talked about a lot of things, uh, but I guess a summary of various next steps would include, firstly, like asking rental housing services some specific questions of the next meeting and making sure we have notes later do you think we should like i'm happy to like take extra notes on the side also during that meeting just keeping in mind specifically what we need though i know i think Kristen, do you also you maintain notes on the side or yes i've been making some notes um 
I don't have any specific other next steps outlined. Um, for that meeting, I'm happy to also just make take additional notes, like detailed notes. So we just have that because we do have some questions for them uh, before we add our tenant education stuff. Uh, another, I think Jordan, you had also, this is part of the, I don't know if this question is for rental housing services, but the booklet, like for letting landlords know when the booklet is updated, maybe that's feedback for staff city staff or city clerk's office yeah i'd be curious to learn more about how we can build i mean and not just limited to that book but any policy changes you know thinking ahead to this um carbon monoxide detector thing like how are we officially making this information like we've communicated it to you three different ways so you can't ignore it is a good thing for us to think about process wise as a city um I think that the answer to that would be collaboration with rental housing services. So the clerk's office could certainly let rental housing know, but I don't know um, what their policy or process is for notifying. It seems like from what you've shared, Jordan, that it hasn't been super comprehensive. Um, so that would be up to, up to them to do that. And I think that's a good question for the meeting um, next week. And I can see what I can find out in the meantime. Um, Rental housing may have a subscription list. I'll look into that too. Like we have this renters commission one with about 250-ish subscribers. Rental housing may also have one. I don't know how active it is, but that's something that might be a good question for them also is like what? Yeah, if there's a list, I mean, I can officially say we've literally never gotten an email from the city outside of like, I've, I've, I've um, scheduled an inspection with you. I've contacted you to schedule an inspection. And I mean, the other piece to that is we have to keep track of our own inspections expiring, um, which I don't know if you guys know as tenants that we don't get a notification that like your certificate's expiring in the next six months, make sure to schedule an inspection. We have a calendar, we have to keep track of them. So little things like that, that seem like that is a message to, so I'm curious, I actually should have put that on the questions, Kristen, if you want to kind of yeah. add your thoughts, I hadn't, that just came to mind that, you know, that's another like tenant safety protection thing is that it's a landlord can just forget and nobody ever really knows until somebody calls them on it. And that may be something sort of new with the changeover from track it to stream. My understanding is that track it was implemented like around 2008. So it doesn't have as many options like that um, but since stream is new and I think the city's still in the process of having flexibility to build it out that might be something rental housing would consider so I can add that uh, and send it over uh, Jamie you were you've been reviewing the rights and duties handbook thank you for that at any point if you think, you would like to like compare notes between the housing, whatever, I forget what it's called, the house, I'm blanking out, housing code. And this, I'm happy to, like, you can take a look at my notes so far if you have any comments, if anything seems interesting, I can look at yours, we can. Okay, sounds good. Awesome, um, good. I think some really good ideas for the town hall. And Jordan, you summarized it pretty well. I will contact LSSCM, ask for a time, um, and then we'll check if the library is available. Jordan has offered to make a flyer. 
uh, and yeah, I think later as we get closer, it has to be fewer than quorums. So whoever wants to go can volunteer to go to the event. Okay. I think these are some updates that one of us can share at the next meeting. Sorry, my phone is ringing. It's far away. Uh, I'll, but am I missing anything? Uh, I'm gonna go on mute. Is this group comfortable with scheduling for the fourth? Um, and then when Richa gets back, we can also, do you, do you feel like the first Tuesday of each month is generally a good day for this group? It's easier to schedule out um, and get notices out. It's not a big deal to schedule them um, meeting by meeting, but it is a little bit easier. It's probably easier for folks who want to attend too if they're a little bit regular, if we know they'll be regular anyway. Um, so if you'd like, I can schedule for a first Tuesday for April and May. That works for this group. And is six o'clock okay or is 6.30 better? I know it's kind of at the end of the day. Me, six to seven is okay because I might sometimes have a meeting at seven. Okay. I know we're wrapping up here, but Krishna, I wanted to tell you that I had a tenant call me the other day um, in a lot of distress about their situation they were dealing with. And I gave them all of the, the um, uh, resources in that uh, table. And I was, I, you, you put that together, right? Or were... I did. Um, Gail sent it over, but I, um, Gail sent links over. I formatted it for the website. That was fantastic. They, oh, re great. they went through them. And at the end of it, they were extremely thankful and they felt like, okay, I have a plan here. I just wanted to give some feedback on it. That was great. <laughs> oh, great. That's, and I think that type of, um, like that type of exchange with a, with a resident, um, totally appropriate to be talking that through and providing that to them. So, yeah. And I, I stressed, you know, I can't give you any legal advice, but the one piece of advice I can give you is to find a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, that's something that we would be able to print if you wanted to provide it at um, the upcoming meetings, um, that item, or if there's anything else, any kind of like, kind of like with Green Fair, we would be, I'd be able to prepare um, for you and then coordinate to either drop it off or get it to you for the Saturday. Okay, yeah, I think we'll talk about that in the next meeting. Okay. Any other questions or thoughts? I don't think there's anyone, no attendees right now. So, no public comment. Kristen, what do you think? Should we close? Yep. So, yep. So, since there's nobody um, who is called in or is watching from the link, since, since this isn't televised, that's the only way to access the meeting. Um, so, you can go ahead and adjourn and um see you next week okay great thank you all great thank you Ready? thanks